This episode of We're Getting a Dog contains descriptions of violence towards pets and other animals that some listeners may find offensive. In order to keep our podcast historically and factually accurate, we have chosen to include these descriptions to provide a better understanding of the breed that we're presenting. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to We're Getting a Dog. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Dylan. I'm Wesley. It's the podcast where we talk about dogs, think about dogs, dream about dogs. And uh, we cover a different breed every episode. Yeah. For those of you who are new. So if you're new, welcome. Welcome. Come dream uh, with us. Yeah. So, uh, you know, honestly, it might be a good idea to recap what we do on this show just a little bit, just for listeners, maybe. Oh, yeah. A lot of podcasts. Yeah. Say something at the top. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you who might be new to this podcast or uh, if you that clicked on this episode because that's the weirdest name. Yeah. Uh, we are. We're getting a dog. I'm Wesley and that's Dylan. We are a couple. We are now engaged. We started this show uh, just a couple years of dating. Yeah, maybe three years. years ago yeah and uh so now we're engaged and Yay. we love dogs and we cover a different dog breed every episode to see if it would be a great fit for us and just to see in general how it fits in uh in their living situations we also cover their history because i'm a huge history buff and dylan and it gives a lot of insight into what the dog is like and why yeah absolutely and it's definitely given me a, a lot of great things to know how to talk about dogs like, I know how to talk about dogs with people because we've studied so much of the dog behavior. So when I see breeds, I always try to regale people with. Oh, yeah. And it's very history. useful for me, too, because I'm a dog walker. <laughs> people yes. always have questions about breeds and I always have little tidbits. Yeah. But that's our show. And uh, yeah, welcome. 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 But Dylan, uh, oh, I also didn't mention we trade off each episode of uh, the dog breed we cover. So last week it was my breed. Oh, yeah. And I covered probably tell American that Tiger Spaniels. I mean, yeah, but just wanted to make it obvious. <laughs> In case and no one noticed somehow. Dylan, uh, well, it's your breed this week. So well, how's we... your week been? Uh, well, you know, it has just been, you know, go, go, go. We did get a little bit of spring, like for a day. Yeah, and we, and we went to halfway we, to Halloween. We went to um, our group's halfway to Halloween Barnacle party. Boy. And Mermaid Man. And Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. And we won yeah. the couples costume contest. <laughs> yeah. It was a really good time. And uh, we saw our friends play music and saw, well, saw yeah, a lot of awesome. our friends. Yeah. Yeah. First it's big just, party. Been it's nice a long to time. be getting back out there. And yeah. Stuff. Halfway to Halloween, coming back after two years off. <laughs> yeah. But that's like an <laughs> inside look at how weird our group is. If you want to know weird, more about our group, you can definitely listen to Good Food for Bad Friends. <laughs> that's that group. Thanks, Taylor. Yes. Thank you, Taylor. <laughs> Shout out to Taylor for planning that massive party for us that's a fun that was our week big highlight big highlight yeah that really was the highlight pretty much <laughs> well this week we are talking about all right you ready for this pronunciation am i ever <laughs> the show lewitz quaintly show lewitz quaintly if you get nothing else from this episode you will know how to pronounce the most difficult to pronounce dog breed yes. show low eats quaintly emphasis on quaint so imagine you have a friend named Sholo. Okay. He's a great guy. Everybody loves him. But there's just something about the way he eats. He eats kind of quaintly. <laughs> you know when someone's just eating really quaintly? 
No, I don't think that's an adjective, but I'll adverb. I, I pre er, thank you. It is an adverb, but I do appreciate the sentiment, definitely. And just the way to remember it. I can hear yeah, quaint, that's how I'm remembering I can hear quaintly. It. But it's quaintly. Yeah, it's quaintly. It's also not quite eats, it's more ets, but can you spell it for our listeners? Just I know it's in the title <laughs> of the episode, but Yes. Well, just as it sounds, show it's quaintly. X O L O I T Z C U I N T L I. And is that one or plural or both? You know what? I'm not totally sure because sometimes it's spelled with an I at the end, other times it's an E. Didn't quite get it. it's Queen Lay. Um, it just says, you know, different ways to spell it. On, well, it's in the Wikipedia page. Either way, there. we've been, uh, well, you've been interested in this breed for a while. And I. Mostly for the name. It's the only reason I picked it. <laughs> uh-huh. I talked with a friend of mine and she thought that this dog was mythical and not real. And that it was just like part, and well, it's in the movie uh, oh, Coco. Coco, yeah, it's in a movie. I was knew it's in a Disney movie. Yeah, well, that's very interesting given the history, and yeah, the history turned out to be a lot more interesting than I would have thought. Sure, <laughs> at least that's just going knowing it... absolutely nothing going in. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know what it looked like. So, so the name Sholo it's quaintly. Oh yeah, and it's Sholo for short. <laughs> okay, so you're mostly saying Sholo. <laughs> so the name comes from two words in the Aztec language. Xolotl, the god of lightning and death, depicted as a dog-headed man. Okay. And it's quaintly, meaning dog. So it's a compound word. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to do with it. Talk more about Xolotl later. So here's the AKC general appearance, as always, from the AKC standard. The Xolo is an ancient, natural breed molded by evolution rather than selective breeding. Hmm. That's the first sentence of the standard. And it's... The more I think about it, the weirder it is. Yeah, because, well, I think it is it. To it's me, a breeding standard. It, it opens with the, it's an ancient natural breed molded by evolution rather than selective breeding, and then goes on for two pages to describe the ideal version. <laughs> <laughs> and if it doesn't follow these traits, it is not a Sholo. Well, I mean, one could argue that they're speaking mostly that. Like over the centuries, people didn't distinctly breed them that they they wandered and they may have been like, you know, distinctive enough on their own that they didn't have to have selective breeding or maybe there just weren't enough of them. And they I think the evolved. sentiment behind what they're saying is kind of true, but literally it's it's not true. Actually, there's well, it's a much longer history than <laughs> and they're actively breeding them now. So AKC General Appearance goes on to say. A Sholo is moderate in all aspects of type and conformation, never extreme or overdone. Today, the breed serves as a guard and companion. The Sholo possesses a clean, graceful outline, equally combining elegance and strength. It looks kind of wrinkly in this first picture that I'm seeing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the, the hairless, the famous. Yeah. Yeah, it's also known as the Mexican hairless dog. They, they can be hairless or coated. Or mostly hairless, little right. tufts of hair in the head. I've seen, yeah, pictures of them with like almost like spiky hair on the head, and it's kind of cute. Something else interesting about uh, being an ancient natural breed, uh, an article I found on the National Library of Medicine website uh, called Origins and Genetic Legacy of Ancient Dogs uh, Ooh. said that European dog and ancestry has dispersed globally and purebred dogs worldwide can almost entirely be traced back to European roots. That is, except for three breeds they tested. The Chihuahua, the Rhodesian Ridgeback, 
It said the Sholo has approximately 3% of a pre-colonization ancestry, while the Chihuahua and Rhodesian Ridgeback have around 4%. That is really interesting. I think it's cool to... Well, I guess what fascinates me, and maybe this really speaks to how Europe was so central to trade and probably, you know, the trade of dogs, discovery of dogs in other countries always probably made their way back to Europe in some fashion. And it just speaks to kind of the uh, incredible volume of trade. Well, we always say worldwide. it's always England. Yeah, it's always England or uh, now like, well, now the Netherlands. <laughs> so I don't think Germany would be second, if anything. But I would say Germany would be third. Just in terms of dog breeds. Well, insane. I feel like I've seen more Dutch influenced ones really? lately, too. But that's just me. Always going through. Netherlands, I feel like I'm always going back to the Dutch East Indies Company or something like that. Well, yeah, they definitely did quite a bit. Yes. <laughs> but that's interesting that the Shalowitz uh, Quintly is just uh, very unique in and of its own. Shalowitz Quintly. Oh, I'm sorry. Shalowitz Quintly. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. This yeah, small handful of breeds is like distinct from the rest, at least the ones they tested mm-hmm. in that way. Because there, there's definitely dogs all around the world. And yeah. different, you know, the way the Sholo developed was, you know, a separate kind of dog breed but then i guess mostly became europeanized <laughs> sure at least by 97 percent ish Sholos can be coated or hairless making it one of only three hairless dogs uh listed by the akc you know chinese crested also can be hairless but they're not no yeah list, I, I think because they always have like tufts of hair i've googled hairless dogs before and chinese crested comes up as one of the options but uh yeah i I knew that they could have be kind of like patchy, like kind of like ratty fur almost. Yeah. 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 But the, yeah, the others in the AKC list they had, there was the American hairless terrier and the Peruvian Inca orchid. Ooh. Sounds like a flower. (laughs) So a lot of the hairless Sholos still have little tufts of hair on their heads and they're often shaped like Mohawks. Yeah. They're they're a photo of one of those. They're kind of adorable. (laughs) Very cute. They are. And uh, coated Sholos have very short, flat coats. Yes, I've seen this picture before of the one with the little mohawk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like one of the first ones when, you, um, when you're when you on Google and you look for the photos of this breed. And the coated ones look very interesting. You know, I, I, I like the coated ones. They look almost like very fierce Doberman, yeah, German shepherd looking dogs. Maybe even kind of like a Shiba. Sure, very spitzy. Yeah. Those ears like are an extra so pointy, pointy and angled, too. Yeah. I do like their coat. It's very pretty. Yeah. It gives them a very different look from the hairless. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yeah, the hairless can be pretty cute, but then also sometimes can look very weird. Definitely. <laughs> it's off-putting. I'm looking at the puppy, and it it it's cute, but... Well, I think hairless Sholo puppies look like tiny hippos. <laughs> They're very cute. <laughs> they do look like tiny hippos. <laughs> that's that's funny. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes even full-grown hairless. I mean, Sholos. Yeah. Little hippo-ish. I don't know if I've ever seen a hairless dog in real life. Like, I've seen Chinese crested, like, mostly hairless. I've seen a shaved dog before. Does that count? <laughs> How shaved? Like, all the way for down? surgery? Mm, <laughs> With maybe. a cone on its head. <laughs> well, that's just fun. Not for the dog. <laughs> <laughs> cone of shame. So while hairless Sholos are what the breed is known for, coated Sholos actually need to exist in order for hairless Sholos to exist, uh, because breeding two hairless Sholos together will cause the puppy to die in utero. Oh, no. Yeah, coated Sholos uh, ha- also have more teeth 
because the mutation that makes some Sholos hairless also results in a lack of premolars. Wow. That's such a drastic gene-like thing to yeah. have happen. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And uh, this unique dental trait is very helpful, though, in identifying archaeological remains of Sholos. So about the color... Uh, the AKC standard says a dark, uniform color is preferred, ranging from black, gray-black, slate, to red, liver, or bronze. Mm. Although white spots and markings are permitted. Okay. So yeah, pretty lenient. <laughs> yeah. I've seen them in that shade, like the lighter shades of brown that kind of are the bronzish that they're talking about. But... Oh, like photos? Yeah, I've seen photos of I that. See. Not in person, no. Right. <laughs> so they also come in three distinct sizes. Toy miniature and standard, just like poodles. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, the toys are 10 to 14 inches and 10 to 15 pounds. The miniatures, 14 to 18 inches and 15 to 30 pounds. And the standard, 18 to 23 inches, 30 to 55 pounds. Interesting. And the life expectancy, the AKC lists 13 to 18 years. Wow. Yeah, so ancient breeds. Yeah, they live, live a very long, long time, just like chihuahuas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, they're at least the toys even are double the size of a chihuahua, even okay. though they do sort of look similar. I don't know if we've mentioned the photos. They they remind me of chihuahuas, the hairless ones, a lot of the time. I I can see that. They definitely have that sort of like pointy face and um, not the same kind of a body, but... I, I can see what you're saying about that, yeah. Yeah, probably the toy ones, especially. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. I couldn't find a bark video, but I found a Shola whining for food. That works. <laughs> it's the only like, kind of noise I could get a video of a Shola making. It's loading. Shola's name Mango? wants chicken so bad. So bad he wants chicken. Don't you, baby girl? Hey. Oh. Oh. Poor Mangies. Well, that's intense. <laughs> it felt like Mango was more of a pug name. Yeah. Is there... <laughs> is that the... The toy that's in the background in that video? I'm not sure if that's a Sholo, too. Interesting. Looks like it looks kind of like It does look like one, because it's got the same kind of, like, feathery hair patterns and a lack of teeth, I might add. So, oh. <laughs> But yeah, well, whiny dogs can be cute for a, a little bit until it's not. <laughs> I don't know if that's really a trait of the breed. It's just the only <laughs> video the only I could video find. Available. Sure. But yeah, they can be vocal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think uh, I don't know, some descriptions said they, they can be a hesitant to bark they don't bark as much but they're guard dogs so okay not sure all right now we're going to take a break here about some other podcasts from arcadia hello listeners wesley here to talk to you a little bit about how you can support this show for each episode of all of our podcasts here at arcadia we spend our own money on books articles and other materials so that we can bring you podcasts that are thoroughly researched and fact-checked all of the hosts and producers of these shows also work full-time jobs in addition to the podcast so that we can support this passion we all share. If you'd like to support us at We're Getting a Dog, as well as the other podcasts in the Arcadia Podcast Network, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash we're getting a dog, or our website, we're getting a dog.com slash support. 
For as low as $2 per month, you can get access a day early to every new episode of We're Getting a Dog and other Arcadia Podcast Network shows, such as Coffee's On and Good Food for Bad Friends. And at higher levels, you can get one-of-a-kind swag. Thank you for supporting the Arcadia Podcast Network and for listening to this podcast. Now back to the show. And we're back to talk about the history of the Schulwitz Quintly. I am ready. What is their history? So researchers believe that ancestors of the Sholo accompanied the earliest migrants from Asia coming to the Americas roughly 20,000 years ago. Wow. Yeah, I think yeah, the dental records specifically, they could yeah, trace back some. Interesting. Yeah, some very, I don't know, all the way 20,000 years, but mm. very far back. <laughs> The breed we see today, I think, yeah, this is where the dental records come in, developed at least 3,500 years ago. Okay, so it's still pretty old, though, That in, oh, yeah. in terms of, like, you know, a lot of the breeds we talk about that are developed specifically in Europe, they're only maybe a couple of hundred years old, maybe 300 years old, maybe 500 at the most. Yeah. And how we would see them today, but wow, 3,500 years is a long time, for yeah. sure. So the Aztecs said the Sholo was created by Xolotl from a sliver of the bone of life from which all humanity sprang. They believed Xolotl created these dogs to guard the living and guide the souls of the dead through Mictalan, or the underworld. Now, this belief that dogs play a role in the afterlife can be found all over the ancient world. The Egyptian god Anubis, with the head of a jackal, was said to weigh people's hearts and determine if they were worthy to pass to the realm of the dead. Then there's the three-headed dog of Greek mythology, Cerberus, tasked with guarding the gates of Hades. I thought it was really interesting that you know, dogs can be found in I similar was actually, mythology. I was going to mention earlier the, the Anubis bit, but I couldn't remember that, that his name was Anubis. I was like, oh, there's an Egyptian god that has the head of a jackal, but I don't oh, remember. Yeah. But I, I did remember that it was the like the the one that grants you or denies you passage into the afterlife basically yeah the little's the yeah, god of death so the aztecs would have their sholos buried with them to ensure they would help guide them to the afterlife people who didn't have dogs would use a pottery statue of a sholo instead now, the aztecs also thought sholos had healing properties uh, the belief was that they could sense when something was wrong with their owner and would snuggle up against the ailing area their hairless skin can radiate heat and act like a hot water bottle <laughs> I would have never uh, equated those two, I suppose. That's really interesting. <laughs> well, some Shola owners attest that this is true to this day. Huh. Well, I mean, it's great to have a dog that'll take care of you. Yeah, sweet to think. <laughs> Their hot water bottle-like skin. <laughs> I'll heal you. Sholas were held in high regard in modern-day central Mexico for thousands of years. The ancient to modern day, I think, even. 3,500 years ago. Sure, yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit in the Chihuahua episode about yes, the practice of eating dogs, and that comes up a bit in the history of the Sholo here. That's uh, why there was a violence warning at the beginning of the episode. Yes, so right. uh, just remember that. Sorry. Hope Sorry you braced yourselves before I started that sentence, forgetting where it was going. <laughs> <laughs> Sources uh, conflict about how common or widespread this was, uh, but Spanish conquistadors of the 16th century wrote about it. Uh, the Spaniards then soon embraced the practice and, in doing so, nearly drove the breed to extinction. Huh. Just like pigeons or, you know. So if you wanted another reason kind of to foul. hate the conquistadors. Yikes. Damn it, Cortez. 
then he gave everyone smallpox. I don't know what order they did these things, but yeah, it's not good though. <laughs> no, not at all. Another issue with the arrival of Europeans was the arrival of European dog breeds. And it's bad for the Sholo. Mm-hmm. These dogs were crossed with Sholos for hundreds of years. And by the early 19th century, you could only find Sholos in remote Mexican villages. Mm. So- this has happened with other breeds we've talked about on this show, too. I don't recall which one exactly, but there was a point where you could only find the like the one everyone ended up wanting was a completely different breed so Mm. they had to go try and find it again so they could breed it enough of them to create its own distinct breed yeah that happens a lot yeah (laughs) similar sort of story here yeah but with some unique twists and turns because while the jolo had been on a major decline for centuries it was still ubiquitous enough of a breed to be one of the first recognized by the akc in really yep in 1887 the akc registered a sholo named me too me with two e's interesting i would never imagine that this breed would have not been put in the akc before the past 20 years you know what i mean like i thought they were accepted in like 2011 or something really do you think they'd be in 2011 i don't know i mean there's breeds that are older that. that are old too that haven't been recognized yet why 2011 well uh let's we'll get to that in oh. 19 uh, the 1910 mexican revolution helped the breed gain traction in its homeland as a patriotic symbol okay artist diego rivera and frida Kahlo were often photographed with sholos and i have a link uh, to a painting of Kahlo's with a sholo in it titled self-portrait with changuito there's also it's in english it's small monkey yeah <laughs> yeah the sholo did not make the title and um thinking little gnome in the background <laughs> oh is it oh. i don't know <laughs> but there, that sholo is like looking into your soul <laughs> that is a nice painting though all the eyes are so like deep so the the breed success with the akc continued when in 1940 a sholo named chinito jr became an akc champion Ooh. this would be the last big win for the sholo for a long time until 2011 in 1959 the show low in 1959 the show low was dropped from the akc stud book due to its scarcity some even believed the breed to be extinct Ah. 19 years after it was a champion well i mean maybe it's possible that there was just no interest after it won and but that is there's just no one registering the dog then is what that means so meanwhile in 1950s in mexico a team of dog experts was determined to save the Sholo. Uh, they scoured rural countrysides uh, looking for surviving examples of the breed. Eventually, they found 10 Sholo-like dogs that formed the foundation of the breed's revival. A very similar story I've heard before. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just a few dedicated individuals. Mm-hmm. Just working hard so to keep a breed alive. at this point, it is not... It's like... Does the AKC think it is extinct, or is it just not a breed recognized anymore? Like, they don't... Yeah, it's not recognized with the AKC. It's dropped from the stud book entirely. That's so strange. I didn't know they could do that. Well, I mean, I suppose if there's no registrations, then maybe, yeah, you could. Yeah, I guess it happens. Yeah. Yeah they, yeah, they drop breeds every year, I think. I didn't know that. I've only ever seen the number go up, so... Well, they add more, probably, so... Yeah. I don't know if they drop breeds every year. They consider it or something. So the comeback for the Sholo has been very slow, and the AKC officially let the breed back into competitions in 2011. 
Hmm. <laughs> that was just maybe a lucky guess. <laughs> well, yeah, I assume it was, unless you did research too. I I don't know. I no, I don't pre-research your breeds. <laughs> I jumped to 2011 as a year because that's when I graduated from high school. Ah, so yeah, that's like that was funny. That's just <laughs> you, the you year. I, I always say like, what is 2011? I always say 2011. That's just like the year I can always first think of. <laughs> Well, yeah, it does feel like a breed they'd recognize more recently. It feels recent, damn it. <laughs> I'm, I, I've been... Uh, it's like they recognized it early. Old. <laughs> they recognized it early, and then we're like, wait a minute, this isn't the type of breed we, <laughs> we recognized this early in the AKC. Well, that's so... It basically had like a 60-year hiatus, 50-year hiatus, and then it got re-accepted into the AKC. Yep. So uh, they ranked 119th in AKC registrations in 2021. They've been gaining popularity fast, though. In 2020, they were 131st. Well, in 2017, they were 143rd. You know why they're getting popular? Coco. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They're in it's a Disney Coco. movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They jumped 12 spots in one year and 24 over four years. 101 Charlotte's Quaintlies. Would be a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, today they're gaining popularity as guard well, dogs. Which, and she couldn't get them for dogs. their fur. They're hairless. Hmm. It's just leather dog wow 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 i guess we did it's not the there. darkest thing in this episode even no so. that's true but we you were warned at the beginning of this episode <laughs> listeners so we're, we're so sorry i mean that's something worse Leather, like cruella wants to God. do anyway yeah it's, i suppose <laughs> it's just grosser somehow <laughs> so yes they're gaining popularity as guard dogs and companion dogs today uh they're the national dog of mexico and uh, a sholo named dante is in the 2017 pixar film coco mm-hmm is it a hairless one? It's uh, mostly hairless. It has like little tufts of hair. The mohawk. Top of the head. Not quite a mohawk, no. And I'm going to have to look at a picture because I am terrible and I don't see... I don't watch Disney movies. <laughs> I don't watch movies half the time. I saw Coco. I don't really remember the dog or much of the movie. Here we go. Coco, solo dog. No, It's kind of like... Yeah, they, they definitely animated it to kind of not have... I think it's a bigger dog teeth. in the movie. It's like, like missing teeth, has the, uh, the kind of scraggly hairs on its head definitely i would say well animated for a sholo it looks pretty accurate oh, i yeah. admit in a funny cartoony kind of way <laughs> so that brings us up to date on the sholo it's all the history huh. well in the akc out of the akc back in again yeah and getting popular <laughs> very weird i was gonna say 119 that's not bad at all because there's no. 204 breeds recognized this year so that can't that isn't that bad at all yeah especially rising from 143 right? mm-hmm. and or from you know nothing like not not even accepted well yeah yeah <laughs> yeah 2011 for, for a long time so yeah i wonder interesting. If, wonder if they'll keep getting more popular maybe just keep riding that i would small love to bump see from coco person just, just <laughs> i don't know because it's interesting to look at them in the show ring because they definitely i've watched videos i hope they're being bred responsibly still despite yeah i hope fast so. rise of popularity well, we too. always we hope that with any breed but with this breed in particular when they're in the show ring they're almost kind of like um like lotioned up to look kind of nice and shiny mm, and you yeah. know uh <laughs> under the lights and stuff but they're very uh interesting to look at i would love to see one and pet one just yeah, I have no feel... idea what they feel like. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds weird. Huh. If you if you have a Sholo and you're listening to our show, feel free to write us. Our email is in the links. Say, so be like, this is what owning a Sholo is like. Is and like... please tell us the skin texture. Is it like petting a hippo? Or a pig. Like a piglet. <laughs> well, no, piglets have... Something, I guess, more likely someone might have pet. I guess. <laughs> Interesting. 
We'll take another quick break and we come back. We're gonna talk about owning a Sholo. Sounds great. And we're back. Talk about owning Sholos. And this is all just for the AKC ownership guide. Here's what they have to say about the health. Sholos. Sholos are generally healthy dogs, and responsible breeders will screen their stock for health concerns such as hip dysplasia, patellar luxation, and eye disorders. As with all breeds, Sholos' ears should be checked regularly. Uh, the teeth should be brushed often using a toothpaste designed for dogs. Yes. Don't give her over crest. No. Regular visits to the vet for checkups and parasite control help to ensure the dog a long, healthy life. And if you do that, it sounds like they will live pretty long. Yeah, I guess yeah, generally Up healthy to dogs. Eighteen years, yeah, thirteen to eighteen. Max. Wow, it's a higher range than Chihuahuas have. What was Chihuahuas? Sixteen. Chihuahuas, I think, yeah, said like twelve to sixteen or something. Maybe thirteen hmm. to sixteen. That's yeah, that's all the way to eighteen. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, when you wonder how yeah long they really live on average compared to Chihuahuas, even they seem like they're probably pretty closely related. Definitely, especially if they're one of the only like what one of th- one of three breeds that don't have any kind of European ancestry put well, to yeah, them. They come from the same area. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. And then it's like two of those breeds are from the same region. I would have thought if anything, Chihuahuas were like more European influenced, just given their history. Like that does come up that they were like crossed with European breeds at one point. Maybe like terriers a little bit. And, I always but knew yeah, the show though, like, you know, right in the beginning of the standard, it's like, no, this is the ancient breed. Yeah. It's exactly the way it was. <laughs> so now into the grooming for the Sholo. Coated Sholos have an easy care short coat requiring only occasional brushing. Adult dogs require minimal grooming while younger dogs may suffer from adolescent acne when oh. the skin may need special care. Oh no. And beyond weekly grooming, the occasional bath will keep them clean and looking their best. Uh, the nails should be trimmed regularly as overly long nails can cause the dog discomfort. Hmm. Hairless dogs need sunscreen with prolonged exposure to direct sun. So do I. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even hairless. Sholos like long walks and upbeat play for their exercise, uh, but they're famously tranquil around the house. Hmm. So uh, young dogs need a substantial amount of exercise and structured playtime to keep them healthy, happy, and out of trouble. So for training, uh, Sholos need a consistent training regimen and clearly defined boundaries. Early socialization and puppy training are vital. Uh, Sholos take their watchdog jobs seriously, but are judicious barkers who only speak when they have something to say. Hmm. It's an interesting trait for a guard dog, because a lot of them just bark at anything. Sure. That is interesting where it's like, I I just kind of imagine the breed is uh, a little bit judgy. (laughs) I think, you know, like contemplative. Uh Uh-huh. Is this the time to bark? (laughs) Uh, With their loved ones, uh, they're cheerful, affectionate pets. If you have allergies but long to own a dog, the hairless Sholo should be on your short list of breeds to consider. Yeah, right, AKC. Forgot to mention that, too. The ultimate hypoallergenic. Yeah, definitely, yeah, if there's no hair on them. And they live for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, and that's all the info I have on the Sholo. Interesting. Well, I thought this breed was a lot rarer than it seems to be, judging by its placement on the registration list, but... Yeah, very... Just such a cool story. Absolutely. I really did like this breed, though. I would be very interested to meet one, just to see one, I suppose. They they look so fascinating and yeah. Yeah, yeah. almost ancient in their own way, too. They do look almost like a relic in, in a weird way. Yeah, so. very unique look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the videos I saw, just very cute. and <laughs> seemed like fun dogs. 
Absolutely. Would you ever want to own one? Mm, I don't know. I guess for me, maybe one of the little ones, the like a miniature s- the one. The standard says their temperament uh, is calm, tranquil, aloof, and attentive. Aloof and attentive are antonyms of one another. <laughs> you could be aloof and attentive. You're seeing everything, but you don't really care. <laughs> I suppose. That doesn't make sense to me, but, you know. I like to think I'm aloof and attentive. I don't know if I would want one of these, but it's cool to know that they're a real dog and they're not a, like some a mythical animal like my friend thought they were. Yeah. <laughs> well, they do have mythical, you know, uh, what, history? Or sure. <laughs> rumors. <laughs> sure. Like tall tales built into their existence. Oh, yeah. Well, everybody, it's time for boop a boop dog news. <gasps> and guess who's it. hosting the news this week? It's me. Yay. So this story. What is it? comes to us from somewhere comes from lakeland minnesota and I this know that is place. from C- cbs now. minnesota a lakeland dog is being hailed a hero the golden doodle named gus rescued a tiny baby otter in the saint croix river <gasps> uh... the wildlife rehabilitation center in roseville treated the pup the otter and said she's doing much better however this golden doodle a is a three-year-old golden doodle who is battling cancer. Wow. Which is really intense. Yeah, here, I'll... Uh... No, I'm still fixated on the baby otter. I'm going to see photos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love otters. So Cleo Young, the owner of the golden doodle, whose name is Gus, said that he had a tumor removed, and during a routine follow-up earlier this year, staff at the University of Minnesota found another, leading them to amputate one of his back legs. So they thought that he wouldn't be able to run, but he has not slowed down at all. And then uh, he jumped into the very cold St. Croix River on Easter Sunday and swam towards something. Oh, that otter's so tiny. Oh, my God. And when he came back uh, and his mouth was an otter and he just dropped it at like a little girl's feet. (laughs) It's like that's so dog like to do. It's like here. I'm done now. Thank you. (laughs) It's like Newfoundland level. Yeah. Rescue then, yeah, they rescued or they they took the otter. They washed him off. I guess he was like covered in sand and like lake know. debris and dog slapper. Yeah, and then they took him to a pet uh, or wildlife rehabilitation center and, and nursed him with a teeny tiny. Yes, in the picture, <laughs> nursing them with a syringe, basically, or not uh, like I'm a needle. Hoping it's not a like, needle at the end. Yeah, but no, it's like a it's <laughs> yeah. like a a push what are those called you know like when you would get those when you were little and you would have to get the flavored medication but your parents had to put it into like a measurable like uh push i'm just thinking thing. like nyquil like measuring thing i don't know what you no I, not the cups push things cups these push were pops no yeah it's sort they, of like a push they pop, were like though. a syringe so uh, this otter's really cute and this dog's real real heroic yes and, cute. and the otter has been transferred to another rehabilitation center to further its care but this yeah, dog yeah cool. is three-legged and rescued an otter on from a very cold river on easter sunday and that wow. was just this that's... past easter sunday so that's pretty interesting that's my yeah. boop boop doc news <laughs> yay gus yay gus thank you for rescuing i knew you would like it because it involved a baby otter <laughs> yeah <laughs> dylan loves otters listeners if you ever want to send him anything he loves don't send me an otter though don't send us an otter but you can always send him otter merch (laughs) (laughs) if one stuffed otter you got at the zoo (laughs) that's true that's all i need but uh how'd i do with the dog news this week oh awesome cool you're on the team 
Well, do you have anything else you want to add before we close out this episode? Uh, no. As we end every episode, show Louis Queenly, everybody. <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> it's a very interesting breed, though. I was glad you covered this one because I feel like it's one of those breeds where they are starting to really catch on in popularity right now. We'll probably see more of them in the future, I think. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad that the AKC accepts them again as of 2011. Yeah. So. Very fun. Absolutely. Well, we want to thank you all for listening to this week's episode of We're Getting a Dog. As always, for our patrons on Patreon, thank you all so much for supporting us. If you you. want to support us, those links are in the links below. And and Dylan, (laughs) why don't you take us out? Remember to help out your local shelters any way you can, whether that's donating, volunteering, fostering, or adopting. And help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. Wesley Van Hoosen and Dylan Naylor are not pet professionals. Any advice regarding pet ownership and the responsibilities thereof taken from this program should be checked with your veterinarian. All episodes are researched thoroughly, fact-checked, and additionally researched during post-production. Annotated bibliographies of every episode can be found at we'regettingadog.com slash bibliographies. This podcast is hosted by Dylan Naylor and Wesley Van Hoosen. If you'd like to reach out or submit a photo of your dog to be featured on our social media, please contact us at WGAD at ArcadiaPodcastNetwork.com or on our Instagram at We're Getting a Dog. Thank you for listening to We're Getting a Dog from the Arcadia Podcast Network. When you wake up in the morning and get ready for the day, what's the one thing you're sure you won't miss? Well, according to the National Coffee Association, if you're like 64% of all Americans, you're probably going to have a cup of coffee. Hi, my name is Richard Eisloffel, and I love coffee. I've been drinking it consistently since I was about 15 years old and have worked off and on as a barista for over four years. Though I haven't worked in the coffee field for some time now, I've recently took an interest in knowing more about coffee. Its origins, its history, its chemical makeup, how we get different flavor profiles, and its current cultural status. To do this, I turn to my best friend of over 10 years, Wesley Van Hoosen. Hello there, I'm Wesley. He is probably the most well-read person I know. Books have always been a part of his life, and I know that, like myself, he has a thirst for knowledge. So I asked him one day, Wesley, do you know any good books on coffee? To which he responded, No, actually, none that I've ever found. And I have to say, that took me by surprise. You would think out there, somewhere, is a manuscript detailing everything you need to know about coffee, from how it's made to how it made its way into the fabric of our society. But no, there really isn't. So that's when Wesley and I decided to do it ourselves. Welcome to Coffee's On, where every episode we'll learn something new about the marvelous beverage that is coffee. In this popcorn-style series, we'll use every episode to do a deep dive into some facet of coffee consumption or production. And with every episode, we'll be trying a new brew of coffee, so we can continue to open our palates as well as our minds. In addition, we'll close each episode with a fun fact, myth, or legend about this magical drink. 
So tune in during your morning routine, daily commute, or afternoon pick-me-up, and we'll tell you all there is to know about the most consumed beverage in America. You can listen to Coffee's On on Spotify or wherever you stream podcasts. From the Arcadia Podcast Network.